Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Valentine's, everybody, and this week on Horror Movie Night, we're talking about, I can't say it's really a horror movie, but man, does it have zombies in love, and that is all I really need it for a Valentine's Day pick. You know, I didn't even look at the schedule. I just thought that this was another 1993 movie, so we were going to do it because of it being 30 years old. I don't know. Because of our reign of terror yeah, <laughs> of 1993. be stopped. <laughs> so I'll reveal the wizard behind the curtain a little bit. I've had a vision for us doing My Boyfriend's Back on Valentine's Day since the very first year of Horror Movie Night. Damn. But my my vision had always been that it would almost be like a pseudo April Fool's type joke where none of the main hosts would be doing it. It would be the wives and girlfriends of the oh, main host. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been eight years with no significant other in my life. And I was like, you know what? We need, we hit the 30 year anniversary. I'm just pulling the ripcord yeah. on this one. <laughs> so, so, so that dream slowly died. And I just decided to pick my boyfriends back this year because it's the 30 year anniversary of well, it. Well, listen, listen. Uh, that, that aside, Carly hates podcasts so um they uh, you know yeah so I, I mean just as a that's the that's lower on the reason list but um it certainly is part of it uh, it can be I, i'll get into this a little bit as we discuss but this is a movie that i remember the trailers for as a kid i definitely rent it for a sleepover i was actually scared by this movie because of a specific scene that like freaked out my my seven-year-old brain when I was watching it. And um, and I really do love this movie. I, this is a, a frequent, in frequent rotation for Weird Ass Movie Night. Uh, whenever we get into like Valentine's Day, it's, it's always like something that comes up as a possible movie. But I'm not sure, is this, was this either of your first watches? It was, it was my nope. first. 
I don't know yeah. why I was shaking my head. It's a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the only I the, make patron, one only TikTok, the patrons Scott, got to know. Like it's a visual <laughs> medium now. <laughs> uh, Scott, you seen this before? Oh yeah, dude. This feels um, like something you would fucking hate. Um, I didn't. So I started off Maybe not, not liking it. Strong. I was like, man, this has not aged well. Because I, I watched this in probably junior high uh, sure. for the yeah. first time. Um, maybe maybe early high school. But um, yeah, I, I definitely saw this movie twice in my before I turned 18, I guess. And then um, not again until this year because I did know that Matt had it on his list for us. And I was like, I'll just save it. I'm not like mm-hmm. in a big hurry. I'll just watch Hello Mary Lou if I want to watch a horror movie that makes me feel like the '50s. So that's um, what. That's why I was like Scott might like this because even sure. though it never explicitly says it's the '50s, there's definitely a sure '50s. Like it. yeah. Well, like, no, it's 1993. Across it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's very interesting how it's 1993, but like every main character is pretty much dressed like a '50s kid, and I mean particularly Missy, but also. Um, uh, what, what's the zombie's name? Nick? Um, you know, I'm looking at all my notes, and I didn't write down a Ricky? single character's name. I didn't write down yeah. The only well, thing I, I have written down is Paul T- uh, or Philip Seymour Hoffman is written down. Yeah, a but he's also he's Philip Hoffman in this. He's not Philip Seymour Hoffman because I saw yeah. that in the 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 intro credits, and I was like, is that? Please tell me that. And it was yeah. that. Um, yeah. It was so good. So also, good as to a see child, he did, was he wearing like a, a Scott Fergus? Hat like a in a coonskin cap or something. It, lo- um, it looks as a like kid. It's I can't remember. To it for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When he was a kid. Yeah. So I watched this movie at least twice uh, before this, mm-hmm. and it didn't really age that well, um, in my opinion. You know, like it's it's fine, but it also it's very heavy-handed in how it's trying to make this joke about um, prejudice against the undead and. Um, Maybe that was funnier in 93, but I think it is not a great look in 2023 I, because it's so, making light of some serious shit, you know? Mm-hmm. It So I think that this movie, every time I watch it, I find it very interesting because it feels like... It's one of the few things I can think of where it feels simultaneously very of the time that it was released, but also very not of the time time it was released like I agree with you like making those allegories it feels like they're trying to say something satirical and and poignant but they're like they're kind of also screwing up jokes yeah they packaged it too loose yeah almost. it's like too funny it's it's there's too many the opportunities is, to make a zombie joke that is yeah but, but the jokes are actually pretty good the jokes are pretty good so. but I was gonna say it's also just like it feels too weird for a 1993 movie. This is a weird movie because the the best thing about... Well, the the thing that really makes it feel bombastic is the amount of dream sequences that we get. But the thing that actually endeared me to it, because I really did not like that first uh, dream sequence um, when... so, So the conceit of the movie for The Uninitiated is that the main character uh, has been in love with the girl down the street, like the girl yeah, next door Missy. type. That's the Missy. only name I remember. Yeah. Johnny. Johnny is the <laughs> Johnny dude's name. Johnny. Johnny. Oh, um, that's right. It's such a generic, that's like, why I was 50s like, it's guy really, yeah. name. Yeah. You know, but, um, so he's been in love with her since they were kids, and he fucked up at <laughs> And he's their, finally 30 years old. 
Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he fucked up when they were having their, like, eighth birthday party. He had a present for her. He didn't give it to her. So he's been carrying this torch all through uh, junior high and high school. And at the beginning, there's this... Uh, he sits right in front of her in class, and he has a sex dream in class where she, like, straddles him. And then he's, like, gonna have sex with her in front of the entire gymnasium. But then the teacher's like, this is the most pathetic sexual fantasy I've ever seen and it, it doesn't it doesn't work for me and I was like if there are gonna I don't I didn't remember enough I was like are there gonna be a bunch of these I'm not gonna enjoy myself um but then he so the conceit of the movie is that he plans out with his buddy who also looks 30 to fake a uh knocking over the the corner store that Missy works at and he'll save her and she'll go to prom with him. Yeah, easy, easy peasy. Yeah, yeah simple. But then um, an actual robber comes dressed in the exact same black well, He takes the mask and, from the kid. Yeah, he takes the mask. <laughs> he goes, yeah. give me your mask. The, yeah, and then he, so then. <laughs> Double so robbery. Johnny gets shot and immediately comes back from the dead. And then immediately when he goes home, his parents are like, Okay, it's everyone's that is the so best part about it. Everybody except for the the racists, you know. Yeah. Like that's what yes. I, I do. I, that that joke works yeah. a lot. It has a lot more leverage than you'd think in this film. I just totally die. I mean, I had no no context going in. So then when everybody just buys yeah. zombie lore, like <laughs> it's, fantastic. it's not like it's not like it's happened before, but it's that it could happen. And it did well, it happen, happened. and it's yeah, no, but like, like it's not a regular thing. It's just yeah, like, well, okay, yeah. I guess you're a dead, you're the dead kid, you know. You're the dead kid. Like now, we, okay, now we'll deal with you. And I guess, yeah, I guess it has because the the cemetery keeper uh, is like, don't go out there. Down. Murray, Murray is great. Murray, <laughs> Murray, yeah, Murray is really good. Did you catch some of the lines that they say when he's dead? They're like, um, I think it's the dad goes, "Bye, son. Be nice to God." <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Amazing. It's those little throwaway lines. There's no beat. Yeah. It actually is really good. That's where I mean like it feels very 1993, but it also feels too weird for that because this feels like if you told me this was like late 80s, right? Like this was made right after Heathers, I'd be like, absolutely. Like mm-hmm. it kind of has that same like vibe. It feels like a John Waters movie. It really feels like the bright colors also. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like it feels like it's right in that same ballpark as like a hairspray and and crybaby where it's just like absolute suburban even serial mom. Like the the just like overwhelming acceptance of absurdity yeah. is mm-hmm. so delightful in this. But I even like the dream sequence that you didn't like. That is like the most 80s moment of this movie for sure. That is like straight 80s shit. But there is a couple lines in there that I like. Specifically, like she starts straddling him on his desk. And I like the break of the fourth wall where he goes, ah, I'm dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, yeah. like that like sudden realization. Yeah. I respect that. He's about to have sex and the ref calling the play because they don't have a uh, regulation size unit. For- yeah. 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 Oh. That's what I didn't like. Because I was like, this is this is like a 93 joke. And then a cop just shoots. <laughs> like, it, it's so like, good. Like it's like it well, has. Well, the cop is, is so Missy's dad. Crazy. Yeah, yes, right, the- right, right. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. So, <laughs> I heard a little clickety clack. Well, I mean, we were talking about probably. I mean, probably the most explicit 
part of the movie except for when his dick falls off again in a dream sequence and because he's decaying throughout the movie i went with bone zone uh (laughs) session ipa from short throw brewery very nice um megan picked uh the next two weeks worth of drinks for me um so i went with uh or we went with dead man's curve it's a uh an india pale ale very nice too bad we couldn't find a leader of the pack to go with it (laughs) So immediately after that sex scene, he's trying to talk to Missy because she's just broken up with the football player. Um, And as she's trying to talk to him, football player comes back to win her her affection back. And he just looks at him and goes, what's up, Dingle? Nice zit. (laughs) But he says it in like such a cool, like it's not even like a dick way. This movie is, I I was expecting him to be that way the whole time, but then he just turns into the stereotypical asshole jock boyfriend. I really wish that they, I mean, I know that we're asking a lot They just leaned into him being chill and cool and kind of accepting. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I know that it wouldn't have really served the purposes of the the full plot of the film but it would have been a lot more fun Mm. i I get what you're saying matt about this feeling a little bit late for its time i think that if it was five years earlier maybe six years earlier i think that's where it would have been Mm -hmm. one of two ways honestly i could see it five years before this came out or like in the last five years you know what i mean like i think that this movie weirdly would feel at home with something like Swiss Army Man that's just so strange and so weird but just like everyone just buys into the reality of it where it's just like we're gonna throw you something batshit insane everyone buys into it so you have no reason to question it while you're watching it either the only thing that I think wouldn't work is that it is it, it's a zombie movie, right? So it's like yes. other than that, like the because it's it's directed so fucking like in my opinion so well. I think the right I think the writing and the concept is a little all over the place, but all of the all of the fucking funniest lines are directed so well. Particularly all the ones oh, from his the, mom is his mom's me. amazing. The doctor is <laughs> I laughed every time the doctor was on. There's one line that he says he goes, "We don't usually see this much activity in a dead person." And he just like <laughs> he, the way that he I can't do it any justice, but the way that he delivers it is like, "Yes, it's a surprise. It's hysterical that I'm saying that there's no activity in a dead person, but I'm also not going to uh, admit that this is a joke." And he's just like he's just baffled that there's this dead person That's... in front of him. It's so funny. I think that that's the secret, right? Yeah. Like, they, no one makes jokes about the absurdity. Mm. They just say it as if it is a matter-of-fact right. type thing. And and what's crazy, I think the craziest thing about this movie, to jump to the ending, is that with all of these dream sequences, it would be so easy to buy it. Like, this movie could turn out to be all a dream while he's, like, in the hospital after right. being shot. This movie could end with the doctor rejuvenating him back to health. But instead, <laughs> instead, the reality of the movie is that he was, in fact, dead. He did, in fact, come back as a zombie. But that the angels in heaven fucked up and he wasn't supposed <laughs> right, to right, die. Right, right, Bad paperwork. Oh <laughs> and they, they like, need an audit up it there. It felt very Bill and Ted. Yeah, yeah. You know? it, it is. It's, it's Again, so like, you're crazy. talking... Yeah, like the yeah. it's the time period. It's is... just the they had so many clean exit points that would make sense within the logic of the film, but for a film that that exists without logic to begin with, mm-hmm. of course they end with the most illogical twist. <laughs> like I almost think that there's like a brilliance to that where they're just like It's almost linear. It almost <laughs> completely yeah, linear. It, 
it's like they're trolling the audience every step of the yeah. way. Like they're constantly making you think that they're going to go left and then they take the movie like Philip Seymour Hoffman killing himself. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like it's just it's chaos it how many weird ways that this movie goes um does this movie have a release other than vhs does it have a i've seen it oh, I've i seen, got the dvd okay there's an actual dvd release of it. yeah there's an actual there's okay. no features on yeah. it but it's <laughs> but it's exists. i think i've only seen a vhs ps release so a line of dialogue when you're talking about like people delivering lines <laughs> the scene where he's trying to get missy to agree to go to the prom and she's at the hair salon <laughs> and he goes I ate Chuck for you and one of the girls goes my god my boyfriend won't even pump my gas for yeah, yeah. It's, it, I don't mind the absurdity of how she falls for him because it's just so stupid so stupid <laughs> this is so how Carly dumb. and I fell in love so um, this is it's really it touched my heart uh, yeah, the parents, especially Edward Hor- Herman as the dad, just like so sitting good. there. Dude, they just her, her like stealing the kid from the grocery yeah. store. Oh, the first kid that they steal. Oh, yeah, it's the it's the kid that they steal. They're like, we brought you a snack, and he goes, it's a child, and she goes something along the lines of like, there are starving children all over the world, and and the best friend I think or something yeah. is like, yeah, my parents say that to me all the time. Yeah. yeah my parents <laughs> use that line on me all the time. <laughs> such a weird throwaway. Um, but then, then as the kids there, Paul, Philip Seymour Hoffman's dad and a mob show up to re-kill the zombie, which yeah, that's going to work. And <laughs> the mom, uh, uh, Johnny's mom goes, we know, uh, we know how hard the loss of a child is. We just lost our son a few days ago. <laughs> it's just those those jokes I really didn't hear that one. work. <laughs> well, even the naming the naming of Philip Seymour Hoffman's character's name is Chuck. His dad is Big Chuck, and then yeah. the child that they stole is Little, little Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> little Chuck. <laughs> I, I did not catch that myself. So after that whole thing, um, Johnny goes to the salon and then he gets Missy to like leave with him and they're talking and they're about to like I think they're actually they they're are kissing, kissing yeah. on the sidewalk. Yeah. The best part about it is that the the boyfriend shows up. They call her like a little zombie slut and she's like I'm not a slut and then somebody else calls her a zombie lover and then somebody gets really hyped up and goes whore of the undead <laughs> which is such a silly amalgamation of words that I just had to write it down. Yeah. But, but we're right after that, at the very end of that scene, they had to do re- reshoots on that scene. And I know for a fact that they did not because of any bit of IMDb trivia, because I did not see it in the trivia, but because it's so glaringly obvious that this is such a low budget film. Um, Missy is wearing this, amazing little number where she's got her hair in like a high ponytail and she's wearing a really tight black uh, sweater with like a a turtleneck or whatever, like a mock turtleneck. And then she's got like a black patent leather belt and uh, like a polka dot pencil skirt. Totally fine, that entire scene. And then when she's leaving with her dad and Johnny to go back to Johnny's house for that dinner scene, she's got a huge wet spot on her left chest, the side (laughs) of her chest. And it's like, 
I want to say that they're on a lot and a bird shit on her boob. That's what I, <laughs> I, I was watching. I was like, they they had to reshoot it, or they or maybe they they didn't reshoot it. They literally they had, to, had. They were deal. on such a schedule that they were yeah, like, they well, I guess we're just gonna it. put some some water on your breasts oh, and we're gonna so shoot funny. this. It's not <laughs> like it's it's not hidden, and it's not also the very last uh, shot of that scene because she gets in the car with her dad and Johnny, and her shirt is normal. So it's like it's they, something happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened, but it's just why. You know, this movie could have gone so much more extreme. Like it could have been more it could have been more sexual or it could have been more gory. It could have been so much more. It could have been so yeah. excessive. This is the embodiment of a PG thirteen. And it's like, and, I like, and I love that yeah, about it. I think that PG that's actually movie. come on guys. Really. And I think that's so, the charming bit about it for me is that like I feel like I've seen I like Fido and I like other sort of like horror mm-hmm. comedies that kind of like take the concept go extreme but then like i think that this the charming part of this is that it's not that and i actually get to hear those lines or i get to like you know absorb sort of the truly the comedy of it and you're right uh, matt it's not really a a horror movie besides the concept of the zombie but it works for what we watch here like i think it's so i think it totally works. i i don't want anybody to think that we have regrets for watching and discussing or that we should apologize for watching and discussing well we will never apologize i've only only apologized (laughs) for one movie i think and that's burial ground other than that i don't think i'll ever apologize for a couple other ones yeah i should have i should (laughs) have but i'm standing my ground Well, so we're we're right at the part the that that literally scared the shit out of me when I was oh, the seven. Second dream sequence is the second the third, dream, sequence, sorry, third dream or thir- sequence. Yeah, I guess it's the third dream sequence. Second one's when his dick falls off. Also when horrifying. he eats Big Buck, and it's just this skeleton with a talking head on the top of it. My my child brain could not process the image that was playing in before my eyes, and I was just done. I was like, okay, <laughs> but I definitely remember like dreaming about that skeleton with a human head as I went to bed. Yeah. Like, Did the skeleton, was, um, was the skeleton scarier in your mind's eye or was it still bleach oh, white 100%, plastic? Oh, 100%. Because it was it's like years before I watched this movie after that. And when I did, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most plastic, it's like so cheap. It's such a funny gag. I love it. I love it. But I can see how it'd be scary. I'd be horrified. Like I would yeah, be so if scared. you're a child, yeah. Yeah. And another uh, one of the only other lines I wrote down because I just think that the delivery of this line is perfect. Johnny accepts that he cannot go to the prom. His friend is like, "I've got the plan, dude. Eat Buck. (laughs) Just eat Buck. Show up as Buck. Problem solved." And uh, Johnny's like, "Nah, that's not what I'm going to do." Like, and he like goes to the graveyard. He's basically preparing himself to like fall into his corpse and basically just or fall into the coffin and and disintegrate into nothingness but just before then he just looks at his friend and just goes you're the worst friend i've ever had (laughs) he says it like so so sincerely and they never really draw attention to it and i i just again it's like that weird inverse of like any other movie this would be like this this very sentimental goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, well, he never worst. had to, they didn't have to discuss it because he <laughs> got to go to prom. Then he died for real. And then he goes to heaven and he comes back and it's a time loop and he gets to relive everything. So yeah. with the knowledge of what he could have done, <laughs> I and assume. his dick won't fall off this time. Yeah. So the, the director fun bit of trivia for me, cause I've been super obsessed with, um, 
with altered states recently uh the movie and the book and everything so the um the director of this movie plays william hurt's um collaborator and peer and uh in altered states which is probably my like he's my favorite character maybe in that film and then obviously he's gone on to it's um excuse me his name's uh i'm scrolling i apologize his name's bob balabin who is a he's an actor as if you've seen him you would immediately know him. I think he's in A Mighty Wind and a lot of comedy stuff. He's in Close Encounters of the Third Kind and obviously Altered States. But he's directed a bunch of TV after this. He doesn't hasn't done. A oh, ton that of other, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't done a ton of um, other he things. He directed but, this. Yeah, he directed it. Yeah. It's one of his first Holy things. Shit. It was just it was just fascinating because he is a comedy actor. You, so I think that like. Yes. Scott, you know what the only other mo- one of the only other movies is that he directed, and it totally makes sense when I say it. Fucking parents! Oh he my did god! Parents and then immediately followed it with this. It's practically the same movie. <laughs> yeah, except this is way better. This, this has much so much more watchability. Yeah. So I gotta t- talk to you guys about Tracy Lind. That's Missy in this. This is some crazy shit. So she was the she dated Dodie Fayed right before he dated princess uh diana princess of wales and then died in the car wreck whoa that's insane that was the craziest shit when i went to her because i was like she looks familiar and i i guess i recognized her from fright night part two i don't know but holy shit so she started modeling at 13 which is you know creepy in itself in and of itself and then she actually like in 97 she went public in uh, with accusations of abuse regarding former boyfriend Dodi Fayed, who later died in a car accident along with his new partner Diana Princess of Wales, that was also the same year that she quit acting. 1997. She was just too private, you know. Um, and she was really fun in this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Matt, what are you going to double feature this with since it's your pick? I mean, there's a lot of great options. We've maybe even said a few of them, but I'm going to go with a movie that I am 90% sure when we discuss this movie I said that my boyfriend's back would be my double feature, and I love some symmetry. Yeah. Uh, my best friend's a vampire. Yes! <laughs> That's why I was like, I think about five years too late. That movie is really good. I think I that like movie that movie so better much than fun. this. Kyle, what, what do you have for your double feature for this? Uh, I'm going to go with another sort of like fun, uh, this is actually of its time, and a little more extreme. I'm going to go um, Better Off Dead. 
Uh, I think that that like it they just to- tonally like mm-hmm. feels right up there, and it leans a little more. It leans a little more horror, just more because of the effects and stuff. But it's just like it, it's just it's just so fun, and it just yeah. feels mm-hmm. like it, it kismet. Yeah, good old Savage Steve Holland, yeah. man. Came in, did his did his three movies, created Eek the Cat, and got out of here. If I was really going to try and have a good night, I would go with The Lost Boys just because of oh, the Ed um, Herman Edward Herman connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. connection. But we did not mention the Blink and You'll Miss It cameo of Matthew McConaughey That's in the right. hallway, and you could easily go TCM Next Gen with this. Ah, you could. <laughs> You really could. You shouldn't, but you could. <laughs> oh, Kyle would. Kyle may have if, done that double feature. I watched feature that double feature with everything. I watched. Yeah, if you, if, if you I have do time, that, I... your friends are gonna look at you and say you're the worst friend I ever had. <laughs> could you imagine? You're like, hey guys, tonally, like I'm gonna match this movie with something that's totally gonna work. Like you'll love it. <laughs> TCM Next Generation. I don't um, think that I that do, actually matches with anything, Scott, but I love that you I do want to throw this out there. According to Wikipedia, Renee Zellweger was in this and her scenes were cut, so that just oh, makes that double feature what? all the better. Are you kidding me? That is I'm insane. Serious. That's nuts. <laughs> what? Sean S. Cunningham is really, really good at putting some people on the map. Um, yeah. I, I do want to throw out... The other movie that I was thinking would be a perfect double feature with this, in all honesty, might be the best double feature for this. Side note, was definitely the double feature when we watched this at Weird Ass Movie Night. <laughs> Tammy and the T-Rex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Like, yeah. Like humor, color, like the color scheme, the tone. The, the entire concept. Tracy yeah. does look like Denise Richards. <laughs> <laughs> like, would you watch the gore? You would you you would watch the you would watch the edited version. Of you wouldn't watch the gore. Of course, cut. we would watch the gory version. No. We are not wasting time on that edited. Version. I want the gore cut of my boyfriend's back. Yeah, give us the gore cut. <laughs> well, anyways, um, Matt, why don't you tell us what you have been enjoying this week? I actually have a big one to talk about, so I am going to table mine until the two of you go first. All right, well then, Kyle, why don't you take us away with that next? Watch a movie called Wicked World. Agfa, American Genre Film Archive, put it out with Bleeding Skull, and it is a shot-on-video, oh, apocalyptic God. piece of trash. Um, <laughs> so you had a blast, right? So Carly went away for five days, uh, and wow. Mr., 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 but I was able to watch at least one movie that would would not have been on our television if she was even yes. in our households, and that was Wicked World. <laughs> that's what that's what married guys do. Like, it, you know those those memes that are like guys that don't treat. What are you doing? And it's literally us just watching horror movies yes. or like trashy movies that our spouses don't want. Yes, no, I think absolutely. you're understanding my lifestyle as a person who lives alone all the time. That right. your your my wife is away for the weekend, so I can watch whatever I want is my every day. <laughs> 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 but like, are you know, laughing at this? Is it, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, what's this Disney Plus? Just add it. My Ghost Stories season one. Sure, let's sure. watch this bullshit. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, I don't have much to say about it other than the uh, producer of the movie Things, uh, which it, it, uh, produced this one. This is his next movie, and what a surprise, um, man! It's just. I mean, I felt like, I mean, the movie is a fever dream itself, and you add that with Doritos and not being with my wife, and I'm just, like, I'm just a lost cause. I don't really know, I don't know how to explain it. 
Um, but I just want to throw it out there for people who have uh, heard my suggestions or my double features and have wanted to to, to seek them out themselves, uh, which isn't many. I think it's maybe two people. But uh, to you, uh, I did watch Wicked World, and boy, my brain was blown the fuck up. It was crazy. So anyway. All right, Scott. I am not finished with it, but I did say last week that I was going to start a new book that I was really stoked about. Megan and I are both starting it. Um, I bought a physical ca- uh, copy. She bought a Kindle copy. Um, Hellbent, which is by Lee Bardugo. It's the second um, Alex Stern um, book. Uh, it's the sequel to Ninth House, which I was screaming about uh, last summer. It's really fun. The, the thing I love most about it is that it does the Scream 2 thing where it ups the ante like mm-hmm. a good sequel should, um, but in surprising ways so far. I mean, like I'm I'm halfway through the book. I'm literally at the, the halfway point of the book. Um, really, really fun. Um, highly recommend it. I took long enough to get around to watching it. Uh, I finally saw everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. Nice. It's an absolute fucking mess. I won't spoil anything for you, Kyle, I promise. Thank you. It's an absolute fucking masterpiece. I do love this period of the Oscars because by all accounts, this movie should win best picture of the year. Like, like it is more unique and forward thinking than Mm -hmm. anything else that's nominated. But then it's like, well, this is not what the Oscars would normally pick as a winner, except like the last couple of years, it's been like parasite or like these, Mm, these kind of more unique movies. So now it's, this this must be what like sports fans feel like when they're watching their team play, where it's like, oh, they could go up against the odds. Like, I am so invested this year in the Oscars just to see if this movie can go the distance. Yeah. Like it's got it's got more nominations than any other movie this year. Like most of those it should win. Like, especially the acting. Like the acting in the movie across the board is unbelievable because every actor is playing like nine versions of themselves. Essentially, like it's I'm so excited to see what happens, but I'm also like emotionally prepared for it to go to some like kind of boring bullshit. But like Mm. whatever, definitely see everything everywhere all at once. It's fucking brilliant. It's so much fun. It does it like it both does and doesn't feel its length because like it's a long movie, but I Mm -hmm. couldn't tell you what should be cut. But like it's so fast paced and fun that it's like you do you can tell you're watching a two plus hour movie, but like you don't care because right. it's just moving and you're I having a blast that. with it. I love that. So, I mean that's 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 when you do it fucking right. You know, yes. like that's that's when it's done right. I think you would agree with this, Scott. It feels important. Like the movie just yeah. feels cool. important when you're watching it, it. It makes you feel changed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is is Beautiful. hard for me as a as a forty year old man. Um sure. To, to have cinema make me feel that way. Um, I don't know if this is a great analogy, but I feel like it's such a fresh take on filmmaking. It, it feels fresh the way that the first time I saw Eternal Sunshine in 2004 felt. I mean, I don't feel as emotionally close to Everything Everywhere All at Once, but yeah. I feel like they are the same genre. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I so what I would say is with a lot of those movies and this is weird this ties to a conversation I was having um with someone else. I don't even remember where we were having the conversation. Movies like Everything and Everywhere All at Once that yeah, it does remind me of 
of Eternal Sunshine in this very specific way where one of the things that bums me out is that music videos don't matter anymore. It's pretty niche. There was this period, especially in the heyday of like the 90s into the early 2000s where you were getting Spike Jones and Michelle Gundry and these dudes who were not only like creating these these visually stimulating five minute short films but then they go on to be filmmakers that take everything that they learn from doing those out there music videos and applying it to to filmmaking and i i do feel that way i feel like i feel like the daniels have more of a music educate or more of a filmmaking education from like Bjork music videos than they do from a film class. The music video is this very specific refined art form that, that sadly fucking means nothing anymore. Well, dude, I think, I I think you're right. It's of its time. Uh, and I'll keep this short, but like, I think that in actuality that there's the outlet for such filmmaking is not as publicly seen. So I think yeah. that, you know, you're saying these people are making five minute shorts and they're being like really um, either evocative or uh, groundbreaking or all of these things, which the music video was. But what you're referring to is your ability to see it and the and the outlet in which you were able to yes. see it. Yes, so because those, people still make short films all the fucking time. Right, yeah. and so and the, and the short <laughs> films that people are making that then are the auteurs of our current, day and i'm i'm talking still genre like you know because that's just our bread and butter but i mean even the people like ari aster even the daniels even um well how many of the original non-remake how many non-remake horror films are feature-length versions of a short that they had run at a festival this is what this is exactly what i'm (laughs) saying so i mean there's a finger on the pulse but those shorts either get eaten up and taken out of the eyes so that the feature can you know actually make the impact or the proof of concept or the other previous film that's not connected to the feature whatever it is you know it just doesn't get seen because there's not either an interest in short films or an outlet of which people seek them out you know no major streamer really is putting out those short films and that they people really can get to should they fucking like, should I, I mean it's they, they absolutely should but i think they make they make stuff for everything fucking else like i yeah. i don't understand why you couldn't do like uh love and death and robots but just with short films that have just finished their their festival don't tempt right. don't put these thoughts in my head and not let me have them that's what <laughs> I mean. but that you know what i mean like I, like right. and I'm, I'm calling out to you shutter because god knows netflix isn't going to do it well shutters like, certainly dip their toe in they've, yeah. they've, they've they've put but out they, some shorts they, they haven't done enough to make they haven't it. Done they need enough. but it needs to they be need more. they need to treat it like an actual series yeah you know what yeah. i mean like they yeah. need to to like hey we're gonna drop a 10 episode run of of this weird horror shorts like like a sell it as an anthology sell it as a bite-sized well, anthology yeah. series or well something. and and like, they and they put up all the <laughs> i remember when Etheria film festival came yep. out and they put up all the Etheria shorts and i mm-hmm. mean Etheria has been doing amazing stuff and they keep pushing forward but they like super super need the support of people like shutter to keep getting those filmmakers out there uh and keep getting those shorts out there 
And I hope with the turnover in management and the things that are going on over there in AMC and Shutter that that stuff doesn't get lost. I worry, and I don't yeah. need to put my worries upon you, listeners. So <laughs> I will stop. I'll I'll worry about those when I try to fall asleep tonight and not here on the podcast. But um, just think about a skeleton with a human head on top of it. It'll be fine. Yeah, that'll put me right to sleep, <laughs> Matt. So that was my boyfriend's back from 1993. Happy Valentine's Day. If you think we're done 1993, you're still wrong. So stay tuned for even more of that next week on Horror Movie Night. listening to the Geekscape Network.